4: and or FM translator. Good morning. It is the Michael Duke show. Hello, hump day to you. All the, um, <clears throat> all the, all the big stuff going on around the state of Alaska today. Well, are you surprised? Really? Are you really surprised? Are you, are you really surprised with what's going on? Um, No, not really. I'm not really surprised, but disappointed? Yes, very disappointed Uh, here. We're going to get into that here in just a bit. Um, uh, It is a uh, it's a Wednesday, and that means that coming up in hour two of the big radio broadcast this morning, we're going to be talking with State Senator Mike Schauer, who's going to come on board And uh, I don't know, we're just going to talk about some of the things that are happening in the Senate and in the legislature as a whole. It should be a a fun discussion. Uh, It should be a fun discussion uh, here uh, in uh, in hour two in hour one. Well, it's just going to be me and you. And uh, I haven't even turned on the phone lines yet because I don't even know if I want to talk with just don't even know if I want to talk to people about this yet. Uh, but it is a, uh, it's going to be interesting to, uh, to go over some of the headlines, including the latest one out of Juneau, uh, which uh, just shows that yet again, politicians cannot be trusted. Um, I, I, again, I, I won't say that I'm surprised, uh, but I am disappointed. Disappointed uh, about what's going on, and we'll uh, we'll we'll get into that here. In uh, <laughs> we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Um, so we'll uh, we'll we'll be talking about that and uh, and going over some of the other headlines that are going on out there, including what's happening in the schools, the uh, the uh, public testimony opportunities. Uh, what's happening? I mean, some of the kind of the craziness that's going on down in um, uh, down in Anchorage at the school districts. Like, what is what is what's going on? What uh, what exactly is happening uh there? Uh, and we'll talk about that and more here this morning. Uh, but the I don't know if I want to I don't know if I want to classify it as the betrayal by the governor as much as I may want to call, well maybe it is I mean you you'll have to tell me whether you think it's a betrayal uh, by the governor or not um, I mean I kind of get the feeling that uh, well I kind of get the feeling that a little bamboozling was going on. Just a little bit of bamboozling. I mean, one of the things that we said, uh, uh, I don't want to get into that. Let me, let, let me get to some of the other headlines first. I don't want to get ahead of myself because if I get on that, it'll be the whole hour I'll be ranting about this. So there are other stories and headlines that I want to get to. Uh, but first things first, I guess uh, I should say uh, thank you first and foremost to members of the Common Sense Corps who help uh, bring the show to you each and every day. Um, They are uh, integral to making sure that we stay on the cutting edge of uh, technology and do all the stuff that we need to do. Uh, to uh, to keep stay on the air and stay on the simulcast on Facebook and YouTube. So special thanks to uh, special thanks to members of the Common Sense Corps who are all part of it. Thank you. Thank you, people. Thank you very much. Uh, you can become uh, a member uh, if you'd like or find out about the benefits of it by going to Michael and clicking on join the core. That's what that's all about. Just go over there and do it. Uh, But now I guess we should uh, tell you about the phone lines. Uh, Phone lines are now open at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. And that also reminds us that today's program is brought to you by your friends at Satellite West. You can find them at satellitewest.com, from Delta to Diomede, from uh, uh, Kamchatka to Ketchikan. From Uktavik to uh, Uzinki, there you go, Uh, Satellite West will keep you connected no matter where you are in the state of Alaska. Uh, They've got the talent and the tools and the technology so that you could send text messages or emails or surf the Internet or make phone calls from anywhere in the state. Find out more and find out about their local dealers at SatelliteWest.com. Thank you for sponsoring the program. To Harold and the whole crew over there at Satellite West. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so let's uh, let's get into some of these stories. Let's 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 get started. Um, first and foremost, this is a story out of Anchorage, and every time I see another story about, I mean, there's there's all these stories about schools, right? So first, uh, we've got the story about the Matsu School District where they are reviewing book fairs and library collections and everything else about concerns about explicit sexually explicit volumes. Now, we we don't it's what was the old I can't remember which which Supreme Court justice it was uh, when they were talking about pornography. But he was basically like, I'll know it when I see it kind of thing. You know it when you see it. That kind of conversation, which is. Yeah, you kind of know it when you see it, and you kind of know when some of this stuff is pornographic when they refuse to allow parents or, in some cases, board members to actually read the books, read portions of these books into the records, right? When you're embarrassed, when you're an adult sitting in a room with other adults at a school board meeting, and you are embarrassed by what's being read into the record, that should give you pause, I mean, that's because that's what's happening. They got some of the – that it's happened across the country. It's not just here in Alaska, but it's happened right here in Alaska, too, where they basically shut down one of the – board. I think it was one of the board members in Fairbanks got shut down because he was reading into the record uh, from a book that was available at a local school library. <laughs> well, that's uncomfortable, right? Um, I am not one to ban books, right? If you want to have – I don't care what books are at a local library – Where, you know, discerning adults can go in and do it. But we're talking about school libraries, libraries inside of schools. That's a whole different deal than a public library. If you want to have Mein Kampf, a copy copy of Mein Kampf in the local library, I'm all for it. I mean, you know, uh, you want to have, you know, the works of Marx. You want to have, you know, Erica Jong or, uh, you know, some other, whoever. It doesn't matter to me. In a local library, because people, the freedom of expression, they need to be able to read, even things I vehemently disagree with, they should still be available if people want to go read them, because that's what it, but we're talking about libraries inside of, stop getting all high and mighty about, Paul, you just want to ban books. no. I don't want to ban books. If those books are available in a local library, that's one thing. But libraries that are inside of schools where students can just go without their parental supervision and everything else, and you're going to put explicit material in there? Hey, look. I was a teenage boy once. Right? I would, hey, look at this. A little bit of smutty pornography. Mental, I'm all for it. Let's go. And it's, you know, graphic novels and all this. I'm no, 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 no. So first you got this story, right? And Matsu is now reevaluating books available at their libraries and their school book fairs. And this is in part all due to the fact that there's been a lot of public backlash about this because people are starting to discover what's going on in the libraries, in their schools. I don't think it's unreasonable. I really don't. If you are all outraged and you're some, you know, you've got uh, your parents or an LGBTQ supporter or whatever, if you are all outraged, buy them a book yourself. Okay? And give that to them. But it should not be available to all students at all times and again, there should be some there's got to be some, they here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to strip away parental Involvement. They want you to park your kids in school and just go hands off and let them shape and mold the future generation. That's what they want, which is why I refuse to send my kids to public school and have for 25 years. And that's why I have encouraged you as parents to take a hard look at this and decide if that is worth it. Because the whole intent, if you you take a step back from this and look at this, it's very obvious and has been very obvious to me for a long time that the whole intent is for you to turn your children over to the government, however you want to look at that, and allow them to mold them into the citizens that the government needs. And I know there's people out there like I just can't homeschool. That well, homeschooling is not the only answer. You've got pen, you've got learning pods, you've got uh, Montessori, you've got you know uh, teacher share programs. You have got all different. Find a way. Just find a way. Don't turn your kids over to the Romans because they will come back as Romans. So there's that. That if you needed another reason why maybe you should consider not sending your kids to the mainstream schools, brick and mortar schools, that's it. Then you got this story out of Anchorage, which just really piqued my interest. Like, what? Clark Middle School, so a middle school, junior high school. what i was when I was raised, we called them junior high schools. Now they're middle schools. And I think now they include 6th, 7th, and 8th grade instead of just 7th and 8th grade, if I'm not mistaken. Again, my kids aren't in public school, so I don't know. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. Clark Middle School in Anchorage was placed on lockdown yesterday after an intrusion of several teenagers escalated a student fight into a brawl that had students trapped inside of an office. Oh, what? So this started out as a fight inside the school between two students. They One of the students was put inside of an office. Then three other juveniles arrived from outside the school to join the side of one of the fighters, the one that apparently wasn't in the office, because the four then began to take extreme measures to seek entry into the administrative office where the original students, the, one of the original students who was involved in the fight was located. So APD said one student was in the administrative office and the other student along with three high school age juveniles. So you've got junior highs, middle schoolers, and you've got three high schoolers who are now forcefully attempting to break windows and doors to gain entry into the administrative offices. An SRO, a school resource, a police officer who's stationed in the school and assigned to Clark, attempted to restore order while calling for backup. One of the students attacked the police officer. One of the juveniles struck the SRO in the face while another began throwing items at the glass windows while ignoring commands. He eventually deployed his taser to prevent forced entry to the office, and 10 officers responded. 10 officers. And they were able to finally remove all of the juveniles. One of them was treated for pepper spray exposure. One was treated uh, in relation to taser deployment. Yada, yada, yada. What is this? West Side Story? I mean, we're all going to start breaking it. What were you going to do? What were four? They were so hell-bent on break, they literally attacked a police officer throwing glasses. This is where you want to send your kids to school? This is what we're fighting for in the legislature? Let's make sure we get them a more a more base student allocation. That'll be sure. I'm sure it'll be used for education. I'm sure it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's It's insane. And, yes, I keep using the word molding. They are molding those, what did, what did Limbaugh used to say? Molding the minds full of mush. You are literally grooming children to be, you know, be just perfect little subjects. Making them government dependent and believing that all this. It, it's, I got to tell you right now. I just got to tell you right now. If you do not pull your kids out of public school, uh, you're making a huge mistake. You're making a huge mistake, and I believe that your priorities are wrong. I believe your priorities are wrong and incorrect. And I know people are going to scream at me because, well, not everybody is single parent and do it. You can find, if you care enough, you can find a way. Because sending your kids to the public schools right now, based on just those two stories alone, your priorities are messed up if you are not prioritizing getting your kids into a different learning system of some kind, homeschool, pandemic, shared. Pandemic pod, learning pod, you know, whatever they call them, teacher share program, Montessori, whatever it is, it's going to be better than what they've what they're going through right now. It's going to be better. All right. <clears throat> so. That's my start. That's my start for today. True. Uh, We'll be back with more. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll return with more. Mike Shower in Hour 2, right after this.
0: What is that?
4: Common Sense, regularly heard on American radio. I get so agitated by the high and mighty people that oh you're just for burning books and you're just for oh man you're just for no I'm not I'm not if adults want to fill their mind with ideas that are what I consider to be wrong headed that is their right to do. I mean, they should do that. That's all, that's all fine. Um, but to to put these in a library and just let kids run amok, and then not just that, but to encourage them. Because that's what we're seeing. We're seeing this encouragement. This is a folks, this is insidious. When they are inserting these kind of Books and writings into the libraries and young children, and they're putting it front and center, and they're talking about gender identity and things to kids who are eight and nine years old who don't know stuff from stuff, right, who, who, just, who don't know from Shinola. That's the problem. Because they get confused. Jerrica just said something. She says, I know an 11-year-old that is having severe issues with sexual development doing to be exposed to materials like this. When 11-year-old boys are getting oral sex at a church camp and then developing a corn addiction, we have a serious freaking problem. Yes. Yes, we do. And then we get those little blurbs like we read the other day where out of one of these books where they said, oh, Porn is a little sugary sweet that you can, you know, but you know, you could, you need to think, I mean, this is what they're, it's sick. It's, it's sick. And it's working as intended. It really is. It's the breakdown of morality. You know, you want to talk about the destruction of the family unit. We have allowed them to break down the family unit by purposefully shipping our kids off six, seven, eight hours a day to a government-run education camp, and then we're shocked, shocked I tell you, that the family unit is broken down. Yeah, duh, working as intended. OK. hmm. I'm uh, going back through some of the things. Alaska grand jury investigation sit in at the Nesbitt courthouse, courthouse at 8 a.m. today. See you all there. Uh, it's a, there's a something good you guys should be talking about today. Um, coffee, coffee, coffee. Um, Stuart Potter. Um I sometimes I hate it when I don't know what to say. Fre- Friedman, Hayek and Rand, National Geographic. Um all right. I'm way behind on the comments. Way behind uh on the comments here. Pull all your kids out of the schools, de facto school cuts, no kids, no money. That's a hundred percent true. Um, let's see. Two stories I've read at least six in the last week. Bartlett Diamond Clark Service Tanana. Uh, there's one more that I'm forgetting the name of. Some serious stuff happened to these schools or come out of the staff schools and last. I mean, again, you're right. That was those are just the two stories from today. That doesn't have anything to do with the BDSM teacher and principal. And all the texting and every, I mean, all the other stuff that's going on. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Uh, We got it. We got to go. We got to go. Uh, The Michael Luke show. We got one line on hold. I just see somebody just joined. Uh, so we won't be able to get their name before we return. But uh, caller, just hold the line. I'll be to you here in just uh just a second just a second <sighs> like and share like and follow let's uh, let's go here we go Alright, welcome back to the program The Michael Duke Show And somebody just made a comment and said You know, I was just talking about these two stories That I'm just reading today And Jerrica in the chat room made a comment About two stories, I've read at least six In the last week Uh, Yes, she's right, this does not include The stories that we heard about coming out of Clark High School uh, Where the teacher was having an affair With one of the other, some kind of BDSM Weird, you know, kind of and, and the same thing was going on at on middle School at Bart I mean yes. what I mean why do I have to go through the litany of things that are going on to discuss these things? No. I mean there that that's just in the last two weeks. I just I just don't know what to say. All right. Uh, we got one line on hold. And so we'll go over there to take some phone calls uh, before I get on to some of these other stories. And uh, but feel free if you want to call in and tell me how right or wrong I am, I'm I'm all about that. I'll 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 take that as a yeah. Let's go over here, see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
3: Kelly Nass from Fairbanks. How are you?
4: Good morning, Kelly. What's on your mind?
3: Oh, you know, so much for the feedback, though. So I can hear myself echo.
4: And now you can.
3: Um, let's see. No, I think you're good. Okay, so um, <clears throat> um, I, I think for well, myself, you know, prior to the pandemic, um, I mean, I was always super involved in, you know, my kids' school, classroom, et cetera, anything that was going on, you know? Um, and then when we had to have our kids home and with the Chromebooks and everything, and I think that's when a lot of us really woke up, right? Now, I'm a single mom and uh, I have a business and I'm not a teacher, but I can be and I was, um, you know, I know that there's people in the Wasilla area that have um, pods for homeschooling, you know? I haven't found any pods here in the Fairbanks area for my daughter, who's a freshman at West Valley. Um, you know, I also formed Interior Patriots, and I literally get calls, text messages, emails, messenger messages. I mean, so often that I think people think that I'm on the school board. Um, our schools are absolutely disgusting. Um, my daughter uh, is at West Valley High School and she FaceTimed me one day, and the teacher was wearing a robe that was the colors of the transgender flag with a sash on and uh, that had all these patches on it. And constitutionally, you know, they can't tell him that he can't wear that. So I screamed and yelled about it. Um, I thought it was very inappropriate. I thought that, you know, uh, if the students have a dress code, teachers should have a dress code. Well, move forward a little bit. I called it out that he was a weirdo. Next thing I know, I find out that he was over at Randy Smith Middle School, and he told some eighth grader that she had a nice nice figure. This teacher is, this actually this is a substitute teacher. And without even a teaching degree, he's still wandering around here. And then the whole Tanana Middle School thing, that wasn't just one female teacher. There was the uh, the husband of that teacher that was involved in it also. You know, um, out at North Pole High School during, you know, when there was, you know, social distancing and everyone was still at school, I had a teacher tell me that she, you know, watched a kid almost die from a seizure and no one would help him. And, um, you know, blowjobs underneath the staircases. The schools are absolutely a wreck. They really are. Where I'm at, though, being a single mom and having a business and not knowing where to, you know, put my kid in a pod, like, how, how do I do this? Because trust me, I want to pull her out so bad.
4: Well, I would, here's what my, here's what my, reco- yeah, here's what, here's what my recommendation is. You, you connected with a lot of people. I mean, you started this interior Patriots thing, um, yeah. which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong there. Um, connect with those people, find somebody in there who has an educational background, you know, put it out to your group of friends, put it out to your group of people that you have influence over and find out or enroll them in some kind of homeschooling program and do it at night if that's what it takes. I know one parent that was a single parent that decided that she had had enough of what was going on. And so she had she had she had kids that were uh, older that were in their mid teens, and so she decided that she was still going to work her job, and she gave her kids you know chores and things to do throughout the day, and then when she got home, she sat down and she did two or three hours of schooling with him through a homeschooling program. She, con- she convinced the homeschooling program that she could handle it, and she did, and she, you know two or three hours a night that was what that's what it looked like. The kids' school was at night. Uh, She said sometimes they'd get up early uh, on some days and they'd get up early before she had to go to work and do some work and then do it. And then they had the rest of the day because she could trust them at least to be there. and, and, And if you've got a high schooler, you should be able to trust a high schooler to do that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, you have to think outside the box. You have to be yep. yeah, you have to be flexible to be able to do that. But there are homeschooling programs out there that will build the whole thing for you, and they could do their school throughout the day. And all you have to do is come back and answer questions or check work or do whatever, especially if they're in the if they're, you know, in high school. I, I trusted my kids when they went to high school. We just put the programs together and we would check at the end of the day. And if they had questions, they could come see my wife or whatever. But usually they were just doing what they did. They did their work in their rooms. They got it all done. They came down, they did whatever they did. This is, I mean, you, you, you can find a way is what I'm saying.
3: Right. I can. And um, because yeah, you're right. I mean, every day I wake up and you know, it's, just, I'm like, what the heck is going to happen now? I'm, you know, I'm talking to the principal of the school every day. Uh, the people at the school know me. Like I am in there all the time, you know. And uh, I mean, one that I mean, it, there's, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm 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 so over it, and so many, so are so many other parents. So you know what? <clears throat> I never even thought about doing it at night. I don't know why. Probably because you know, just with. Okay, you know what? Thank you.
4: Yeah. Okay. Well, and let me let me say this, Kelly, and I I'm do this. Uh, Kelly, let me I'm say help
3: other people do it
4: You're right, Kelly. So, but let me say this as well. And I don't mean this as a slight to you because I know you've done a lot of good work in the interior. But let me ask you this. What's more important in the long run? Is it important to do something like, for example, interior patriots and all the time and effort you put into that? Or is it more important to put that effort? Would it be if you had to balance it out and you had to have just one or the other? Would it be more important to oh,
3: educate? My child, and take care? Is, my child is always at the top of the world. See, list. that's,
4: what, that's what I'm saying. And again, I applaud what you've done. But again, no. people just have to reprioritize in their mind. What is more important here? Trying to help everybody oh, and else and change the, the world that, or fix my kids?
3: Well, and on the side of that, though, too, with everything that I have done, she's been learning this along the way, so that when she sees something that she knows is not okay, or she hears something that she knows is not okay, she'll stand up and she'll say something, and she will also tell me what's going on as well. Well, and that's great. And uh, And that's – good you know? and
4: look that's great that is a hundred percent i mean that is a hundred percent great the problem is is that your daughter is probably more of an anomaly than most because she has been taught right and will stand up there are many kids out there who go there and they just go well mom and dad told me to to pay attention and trust what the teacher said and so this what we, and then you come back and you can't figure out why your kids are so different when they come out of high school or they go to college and they do this kind of stuff this is it's got to stop, Kelly. It's got to stop. That's that's the... Yeah, that's, it, it has to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kelly. You know, those
3: books that you're talking about? When Matt Sampson... Can I say one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. Um, when Matt Sampson was on our school board, um, he, pulled, he went around, he was pulling some of the books out of the library, and at one of the school board meetings, he sat there and he started reading uh, one of the paragraphs in the book, and um, <clears throat> the president of the school board she got really uncomfortable and wanted them to stop reading. But yet these books are in the school. Like we sat there and watched the same thing that happened in Anchorage, you know?
4: Right, right, um, right.
3: And then we find out that it's actually, it wasn't people in the school that were picking these books. It was parents that sit on these committees. Right, know? right. And, uh, so, you know, <clears throat> but we've been trying to place people on these committees because any parent, you know, if you get in there, you know, you gotta, I mean, that's the thing though, too, is, you can get some whack job in there, you know? So, well, again, so or was, people with hey, an agenda. Mike, thank you so much for Yeah,
4: us. or people with an agenda, Kelly. That's the problem is that they're not just whack jobs. It's working as intended. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's working as intended. That's what they're trying to do. Thank you for your call. Uh, let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
2: Uh, Dustin from Fairbanks.
4: Hello, Dustin. What's on your mind?
2: Good morning. Mind? I, haven't, I haven't listened to you. Yeah. I haven't listened to you in a while. I, I admit, I've kind of like tried to gone away from the negative, not negative, but just the depressing news of everything. Sure. sure. Um, and this, morning <laughs> I started yeah, this morning I started listening to this homeschooling thing and just to talk about, um, this again and, and give the last caller some hope. Uh, we had an experience where we spent the money and, uh, put our kid in private school and he came home very frustrated. Um, very upset. He's already kind of a quiet kid and later find out like he had a boy at school that would be holding his hand and kissing him telling him that there's that there are two dads making him play family every day and he's only six years old and you know we we have strong Christian values conservative and we would spend the nights trying to trying to figure out why he's so upset why he's agitated with us and then try to teach him like that that's not what we believe that's not what how God intended it to be right um and and I would pop in, and uh, on on parent days, and I would witness this, um, on the playground. And and where's the teachers? And we're paying you know tens of thousands of dollars sending them to private school. Where, where's the teachers? Um, and in this, um, and so we did homeschooling, and he's done in like three to four hours. He doesn't learn with the herd. He's seven years old now, and he reads. He, he's reading junior high
4: level books. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's it can be done, right, Justin? I mean, that's that that's what it is. I mean, it can be done. It it, it find a way, find it, a it, way.
2: It, 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 You've got to find a way. Like you mentioned, do it at night. Like uh, we're small business owners. My wife works at home, um, and we're fortunate we can do this. But she says he's done with reading, writing, arithmetic. Your your most important values, right? In three to four hours, And right. He's playing the rest of the day. Yeah. Um. And, and he's a yeah. whole new kid again.
4: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um,
2: and and I talk to, and I talk to thirty to forty people a day individually here in Fairbanks. And there's a lot of really frustrated people that, uh, just like Kelly, last caller, they 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 want out, but they can't financially. Right. Um, they they struggle to find that the way to do that.
4: I recommend going to a program like IDEA, the Interior Distance Education Association, there in Fairbanks or in Anchorage or in Wasilla. They will work with you. They will help you. And you're right. My kids, my high schooler, my oldest son who graduated from high school two or three years ago, at the end, in the last two years of school, he was done with his school within two to three hours every day. That was a full load. He would actually just blaze through it because I told him, once you get the school done, and he got good marks, he got high marks. I said, once you get the work done, you have the rest of the day to yourself. You can do whatever you want to do. Do your chores. You're done. The rest of the day is yours. When he discovered that that kid was getting up at seven o'clock in the morning on his own, burning out the school by ten a.m. and having the rest of the day to do whatever he wanted to do, that's he did not have to learn with a herd, like yeah. you said. That's a that's a prime prime reason he, there.
2: Exactly. Yeah this this herd learning, um, and we we're watching our kid. We'll we'll, we'll see his light on um, at eleven o'clock at night. Walk in there, and he is reading a book. Literally, um, a newer, updated encyclopedia about different animals. Right. And and the kid is just ignited, and he wouldn't have gotten that in public school. So no, he would have been right with the herd, and would not have
4: excelled. It develops the love of. If you can develop the love of learning in a child, you've done the job pretty much everything else handles itself if you can develop that love of learning dustin thank you for your call i'm sorry i'm up against the break i gotta go we're gonna be back i got more lines on hold thank you dustin for your call we'll continue the michael duke show common sense radio back with more after this
0: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. (laughs) Ha, nice beard. The Michael Duke Show.
4: Okay, Uh, let me go over here and get caught up. Um, uh, Jerrica said, I've heard of some homeschooling co-ops that the parents all team up and tag team homeschooling all their kids together. I'm looking for a tutor, private teacher to school my kids and nephews. We tried literally everything else out there for schooling, all the different homeschools, including putting up with the public schools. I determined that I'm not a teacher, but I refuse to send my kids to public school another year. You don't, you don't have to be a teacher. My wife, she hates it when I bring this up, and I do occasionally. My wife never graduated from high school. My wife uh, is. One of the smartest women I know, uh, but had some challenges in the and in her senior year, end of her junior, beginning of her senior year of high school and never graduated high school. And she's homeschooled five kids who are some of the most intelligent kids you'll find out there. Not not due to me. Right. She did it. You don't have to be a teacher. And many of the I keep going back to idea because we put five we put five kids through the idea program. My son is going to graduate this year, my youngest son, and he is the fifth of five children that we have put through the. Um, she's the fifth. He's the fifth of five children we put through the system. You have a contact teacher that's there to help you. They have learning programs that are basically built. You know, uh, some of them. Like for some students, they require different types of learning, but for like our son, we had all the programs were online. He could go, he could log in, he could look at it, he could watch the videos, he could do the interactivity stuff, he could read, he could answer the questions, he could do all the work, all of that stuff. It's all right there. You don't have to be a teacher to be a homeschooler. All you have to do is care about your children. It's all you have to do. If you can instill in them a love of learning, there's something that was called unit learn, uh, your, um, unit um, education. Is that what I'm trying to think of that's the phrase that I'm looking for. Unit studies. That was it. And what you did is you found something that the kid was excited about. You know, say octopuses. Kid loved octopuses. And you built a whole program on a semester or whatever around octopuses, right? So you could build math around it eight, you know, octo you had octopuses. You could build uh, life sciences, you, you know, reproductive stuff. You could build, um, you know, biology and chemistry and, you know, everything, even literature, you know. You could build it all around their love of this one topic and they just ate it up unit studies is 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 an amazing way because you've taught the kid the love of learning it's not just rote it's not just you got to go you know i never did well in math in school i don't know why maybe it's because i'm more left brain i can do math i can i can do the hell out of math i just never really had an interest in it you know they never engaged me um, in, in, uh, and, you know, I remember I was in advanced English and some other things because I'm a reader and a, you know, a reader, I'm a good reader and writer. And I remember the teacher saying, you're not getting a good grade. And, and I'm like, well, it was all because I wasn't being engaged because I was faster in that than everybody else. And I was bored. Get out of the herd learning mentality. That's what you need to do. Engage those kids on a one-on-one basis, man. You're sac, let me just put it this way. You are sacrificing your child on the altar of essentially big government. You know, government as the answer, progressive ideas and things like that, because that's all that's in most of these schools these days. It's, it's, it's insane. Uh, two lines on hold. Let me go over here and see if I can get some names. How about that? This caller first. Good morning, caller. Who are you and where are you calling from?
5: Hey, good morning, Michael. David Boyle calling from Anchorage.
4: Hey, David, uh, would you hold the line, please? You'll be number one uh, in the queue when we come back to you here. So hold sure. the line. We'll go over to number two. Good morning, caller. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy and Fairbanks. All right, Randy, you hold the line. I'll be right back to you. Okay, don't, uh, don't go anywhere. You're number two right after okay. David. Uh, okay. Uh, we're about uh, 40 seconds out. Let me see. That's brilliant, says Jeannie. I'm not sure what she said was brilliant, but um, I don't know what that means exactly. Um, we used to be able to do unit studies in the classroom, but our hands are tied and we are micromanaged. Maybe I need a career change in tutoring. Kim? That would be brilliant. Why don't you hire yourself out as a private teacher? Why don't you hire yourself out as a as a pod learning teacher? There are people out there who are looking for that. Why? You got the certification. You got all the stuff. You want to do a Uden study? You could take only 10 students and do what you want. Yes. Maybe you need a career change. The Michael Duke Show.
0: Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, Enemy. Public enemy number one, which makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh, Michael Duke show.
4: Mm, ah. Wow, this is not how I was expecting this first hour to go, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Lots of reactions in the chat room. Lots of folks calling in this morning. Uh, David Boyle is on the line from Anchorage. Uh, He wanted to sound off this morning. we got a couple other lines on hold. Let's go over to David. Good morning, David. What's on your mind?
5: Hey, good morning, Michael. Did you say you weren't very good at math?
4: Uh, I am not the best. Well, in school, I wasn't the best at math. Let me, you know, I can do basic math and even some algebra. But beyond that, I just didn't have an interest, I guess, is what I should have said. It just wasn't something that really piqued my imagination.
5: Well, in that case, you, you sound very well qualified to be either on House finance or Senate finance.
4: This is true. This is not you are you. Know, yeah, that's exactly right.
5: Anyway, I wanted to talk about um, that, you know, Senate Bill 52, which is Senator Luki Umlaut Token's bill to increase the uh, BSA by $1,000. OK. Per student. But they're working magic here. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is it's not going to increase per student spending by a 1000 You run that $1,000 through that foundation formula, and it comes out to about $2,400 per student is what the increase will be, over
4: 30%. This is based on the numbers of... Uh, again, running it through the, this is how the 44,000 students in the Anchorage School District get funded is if they're 72,000, right? Something like that.
5: That's correct. And yeah, the um, <clears throat> there's about a little over 128,000 students in uh, K-12 public schools in Alaska. But when you run it through that sausage grinder called the foundation formula, it ends up a little over double about 258,000 students. So what they do is, they take that 258,000 students time the $1,000, but what you do, so you get 258 plus million million is the increase that they're asking for, but then you have to divide that by the actual number of students, and it comes out to about a little over $2,000 per actual student. However, the other thing you have to do in the formula Remember, they're all multiplied. The only one that's not multiplied are the correspondence students. So you have to back those out because they only get 90% of the base BSA, which is today $5,960. So you end up, when you back those correspondence students out, you actually get about $2,400 per student increase.
4: Well, uh, I gotta, t- <laughs> I gotta tell you that is uh, not surprising. Uh, again, this is all about the money. Don't forget the whole harmless thing, by the way. Too, by the way, uh, we start pulling kids out of school and all this other kind of stuff. It's all basically working as intended, David. More money for the schools with less ways to pull it, it, money back, and uh, that's just what it's all. That's what it's all about. That's uh, that's what it's all about at this point. Yeah, and, and that. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead.
5: And the other thing is this the foundation formula for funding K-12 education is, is really broken. There's so many faults in it. You know, for example, <clears throat> the special needs factor that includes uh, it, it includes uh, vocational tech education, which is in and of itself a separate factor of 1.015. The special needs factor is 1.2, which includes vocational tech, uh, the special needs kids, and the English language learners. Now, here's an interesting fact. In the Anchorage School District, 58% of those children that are designated English language learners, their primary language at home is, guess what, English. (laughs) So there's a little bit of
4: fraud going on here, at least in the Anchorage School District. Well, David, you're pointing out, you're making my points for me, my friend. You're making my points for me. Uh, i got to let you go. I appreciate it. i got more calls on hold. Thank you for being part of the program this morning. Thank you, Michael. And sounding off. Let's go over here. Randy is uh, up in Fairbanks. Uh, Randy, what's on your mind this morning? Hi there.
6: M- Michael, this is Randy uh, in Fairbanks. I just wanted to report to you that yesterday I uh, engaged in the public testimony on House Bill 99, which is the LGBT anti-discrimination bill that they're trying to get through. They were discussing it in that committee and taking public testimony. And I called it a sneaky bill. And the reason I call it a sneaky bill, and I said so in my testimony, is because it appears to do a very serpentine, sneaky approach. And I actually printed out the bill. I have it in my hand here, and it's, uh, it's a, quote, an act relating to and prohibiting discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity or expression. Now that part's honest enough, straightforward. But what it actually does is take, it goes to section AS, like the statute that is 18.80.300. And I'm not sure what exactly language precedes that, but it admits it. It makes a little tiny little change in the, in the bill. And and what this paragraph here is about is called blockbusting. And it's like a list of definitions within the statute. Blockbusting means an unlawful, unlawful discriminatory practice by a real estate broker, <coughs> real estate salesperson, person, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if, if benefit financially to represent directly. Anyway, goes on and kind of uh, bullies your eyes over reading it. Uh, will or may occur, uh, that a change has occurred or will or may occur from a composition with respect to race, religion, sex, color, or national origin, origin of the owners or occupants of a block neighborhood or anyway goes on there. And, uh, it makes a little tiny little change there. But here's where the actual change some significance comes in. In the next section of that, it has some little more definitions. And, uh, it said it's what it, what it's sneaky about is it's trying to change the definition of sex instead of coming right out and putting, uh, as a new category in the daylight and saying, uh, not only can you not, discriminate in employment and all these other fields. Uh, you, you can't, you, this includes sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender and expression. What they do is in the list of, of, uh, of definitions, they redefine sex and it says right. well, sex includes sexual orientation and gender identity or expression. And my feeling is that anywhere in the old statute books, wherever it says sex, it's going to, it's going to, on a new meaning, and I said in my testimony that in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, sex simply meant man or woman, in other words, gender. It right. didn't pertain to somebody's <laughs> personal preferences in the bedroom. It had nothing to do with that. Right. But they well, want to change the whole I, meaning, which will be like a, a time bomb.
4: Yeah, no, I and I agree with you, and I think you and I have discussed this before. Uh, And I agree with you. I think that's one of the more problematic aspects of this is, again, trying to redefine what the the whole sex thing means, but also the fact that this that all these things that they're trying to talk about in these bills are already covered by other federal laws. We already have other laws against discrimination and everything else, especially in housing and things like that. This is an end run around. That's what this is about. This is an end run around, and I agree with you, Randy. Sneaky is the word that I would use as well. Uh, I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. We are up against the break. I didn't even get to my story about the governor. Wow. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. We're going to get to it, hopefully, here. Uh, waiting on State Senator Mike Shower to join us in hour two. We look forward to talking to you then. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Be kind, love one another, live well, hour two, dead ahead. I didn't mean to get so worked up, but the more I thought about it and the deeper I got, you know, I just, I think people have to take, um, you know, because I've had people here in the chat room chastise me, not chastise me, but take issue with me when I said that everybody should take their children's education in hand and do it themselves. And they're just like, well, I can't, I won't, I couldn't do that. There are ways to do it. And if you aren't willing to work through those ways, how, I don't mean to be harsh, but how much are you valuing your children if something else is more important? If, I mean, again, we're talking about two or three hours a day that you could do with the help of programs like IDEA and CyberLinks and RAVEN and, and all these other different types of things. There are systems out there for you to do this. And by the way, if you can instill that love of learning, the kids will do them. They will teach themselves most of the time. You're there just to guide them and to provide them the information and to answer basic questions. This is not rocket surgery. Or you could send them to school where they, as Dustin said, had other you know kids of the same gender hold their hands and tell them that they're and confuse them about their Sexuality and their beliefs, and I mean, or you could do that. I refuse to sacrifice my children on the altar of ideology or to put them in the crossfire as we fight this battle. I'm not saying you give up, it's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we give up on fighting the battle. I'm just saying that while we're battling it out, you don't throw your kids in the middle into no man's land in between the two sides and let them get riddled full of proverbial bullets on the way through this. Anyway, there we go. (laughs) Bill says, you could talk about the governor when Dozer sleeps in. Well... Uh, I guess we'll see uh, we'll see what we'll see what what's going on here I guess we'll see what happens um I I, I mean it wasn't just me right last week he told me he was going to be here this week right I mean right okay um David is of course correct. Um, says Donna, correspondence program children get a fraction of the dollars for each correspondence child, and the school district gets the re- yeah. They get like what most school districts are averaging one point what five or something, one point seven depending on the district, and homeschoolers get point eight or point nine. <laughs> so they get a fraction of the money, but again, they have the fraction of the overhead too. I mean, it it kind of evens out in a, in one way, but yeah it uh yeah
3: <clears throat>
4: idea is having fair dates idea curriculum fairs pre fair virtual workshops you can do it online soldatna may 2 3 anchorage may 4 5 fairbanks may 8 9 Juneau, may 11th where's the matsu where's the matsu is there no curriculum fair in the matsu sandy Um, I'm still going through this here. I'm still going back. I missed a lot of comments today. I'll be honest with you. I missed a lot of comments. Um, Rick says, Kim, you may have just started something you didn't see coming. A small in-home school. This is from Kim who was like asking, should I change the jobs? Maybe I need a career in tutoring. Yes, Kim. Why, I mean, y- y- why not? Ah, uh, there were stories, actual stories in the adn here, and I think I actually briefly went over it, but there were several there were several teachers who, after the pandemic and everything else, it was just so miserable that they actually went out and started their own uh one of them was a kindergarten teacher that started a a learning preschool or something. and I mean, they're, yes. Kim, we need to get good teachers. We need to get good teachers out of the public school system and get them starting their own deal. That's what we need. That's what we need. Okay. Um, Yeah, Khan Academy. Khan Academy is another great resource. Uh, Math doesn't suck. That's another one. There's another program. Um, math made easy is another one. I mean, there's all different kinds of resources out there. You don't even need a homeschooling system. It's easier that way, but there are so many free learning systems out there right now. You could just, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the folks who are anti-homeschooling should be thrilled that those icky conservative kids who aren't tolerant or diverse enough aren't breathing air in the government schools. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> oh. Hey, look. Just looked in the green room. I see I see someone in the green room. Um hey, what's up? Me. Hey, hey what what's... because of your program? <laughs> You've been listening this morning. <laughs> freaking early, man. Man, I got a little wound up this morning inadvertently. Sometimes that happens. I got a little inadvertently wound up. Um all right. Don't go anywhere, buddy. Hold the line. We're gonna be right back oh. to you. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense radio
0: whoa buddy put that thing back in its holster we haven't gone anywhere i don't understand check out the michael dukes show.com for information on how to get access to the podcast We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the
4: world. All around the world on the internet at michaeldukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. It is the Michael Dukes Show. Good morning, and hi, how are you? Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Uh we got uh we got hour 2 right now. We just finished up. I was trying to get through the headlines, but I only got to 2 and then I exploded and then the whole uh, the 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 call started and um folks, it 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 was a bad one. Last hour, a little bit ranty, a little bit ranty, but people were agreeing with me. So apparently I touched a nerve somewhere on that. We might talk about that with State Senator Mike Schauer, who's up next. I know I want to talk with Senator Schauer about the news that the, came out yesterday with the meetings with the governor. I want to talk with him about that. He joins us right now uh, to say hi and good morning. So let's say hi and good i can't unmute my guests because they chose to mute themselves hello sir uh how are you good this morning i never i don't know what happened i don't know what just blew. It, it just just happened uh good morning my friend how are uh, how are you doing what's uh what's what's happening well i'm still in juneau and nothing's
1: changed would that surprise you
4: no no Not really. I mean, this is the this is the Einstein SSDD, right? I mean, it's just kind of the same definition of insanity over and over and over again, expecting different results. But it's not going to happen. I've got some things I want to talk to you about today, my friend. And uh, I'm going to start off with a story, which I should have gotten to last hour, but I didn't because we started talking about schools. Um, and you, you said you listened to a little bit of it in the last hour. Did I, did, did, I mean. Might
1: have picked up a piece or two of something.
4: Yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, I guess I should ask you this. Am I wrong? I mean, should we be sacrificing our children on the altar of public Mm -hmm. education to, you know, to all the vagrities of, uh, you know, the diversity and equity, the ESG, the, the other stuff. I mean or should we be looking at our children as our most valuable commodity and saying whatever I have to sacrifice to teach you myself was probably a good idea.
1: They had a guy last summer or maybe it was even 2018. I think it was 2018. I know this will sound weird at first, but bear with me for a moment. So we were just, you know, running through neighborhoods, campaigning meeting people, doing the thing. This guy, he was, uh, he was clearly a veteran when I walked up, I mean, nice sunny day, middle of summertime. Somewhere up in the valley, I can't remember the exact place, but he's a big dude, almost looked like a Pacific Islander. you know, those are big boys, you know, like the rugby player types and stuff. And, but he had on like the veteran shirt, I think it was Army, walked up and started talking, you know, hey veteran as well, you know, just running for office. And he's like, oh yeah, I've heard your name. And he's like, I got a question for you. Is what he said, first. And he's like, what's our most valuable resource? And I think he was expecting the standard answer up here in Alaska. Oh, well, oil, you know, the permanent film, whatever without even hesitating i said our people he's like you got my votes and my nine family members he's like nobody ever says that um i make the point mike that to say this to agree with you what is our most valuable resource i mean these things we're talking about of you know natural resources oil logging, minerals whatever all important but it doesn't mean much if you don't have people and it doesn't mean much if Your people leave this state because it's a terrible place to live, because taxes are coming, because government's too big, because there's not good jobs. They even talk about the education system. I think we said that a week or two ago. We can have the best education system in the world, pour a ton of money to it. What's the point of even having that if all the kids are going to leave after going through it because there aren't any jobs? Because the only good job you're going to have left in this place is the state, because this government and this legislature are focused on increasing government. That's what they're doing. Mike, this, I've, I've told you the thing. This is a tax and spend legislature. The only conversations I'm seeing how we're going to tax and raise money and spend it. Or let's put that in reverse order, how much we're going to spend and how we're going to find the money to pay for it. Right. Not one conversation about reducing the cost of government anywhere besides maybe from the Senate minority and some members in the House. I haven't heard any conversations at all, Mike. Nothing on reductions. Everything is how are we going to raise more money to pay for all the stuff we want to spend it on. That's literally the conversation it's all about money, money, money. How do we get more of it to spend it? That's it. That is the conversation taking place in Gino. This whole thing about, you know, I mean maybe Mike, maybe the governor is going to, you know, do some vetoes or some line item vetoes perhaps. Um I know I've heard him talk about it, but nowhere in the legislature is anybody talking about how we're going to reduce the cost of government. Senator Hughes has the sunset commission. That other states are using um we've been talking about that for a couple years now that brings in outside auditors and has an agency with authority to to you know start killing programs and looking at stuff when they're no longer useful or drive efficiencies but well
4: let's get let's get
1: that's that's off the the topic a little bit but it goes back to the point of the funding because you're getting there right about well we're uh, spending money on it and home look man it's it's an unfair question to me because michelle and i homeschooled our kids for a good portion of their education why we saw garbage from the curriculum we saw garbage in the schools we saw gangs and terrible culture all kinds of things we didn't want our kids exposed to and so if you want to talk about homeschooling options about magnet schools you want to talk about backpack funding for the kids so parents and schools or and kids have options well uh, that's I, I would prefer that, brother. So I'm not going to be the guy that's going to be telling you. Well, every kid needs to go into the public school system and and you know be twisted upside down with indoctrination of all kinds of garbage and have to put up with that stuff. No, I don't. I don't agree.
4: With well, that. let me tell you why. We're, let me tell you why we're not surprised that the legislature as a whole, especially even amongst a lot of these newer members, is all about the spending. Why? Because most of them are products of the public school system, where they are told day in and day out. First of all, they're told by mom and dad. Listen to your teachers. They're the authority. They know what they know, what's right. They know what's good. And then they release them into the wild and put their kids in the school and go off to do whatever they're going to do. And then the school has taught them for 12 or 13 years that government is the answer to every question. That if there's a problem, you should turn to government for those solutions. You shouldn't look at yourself in the mirror and say, how do I solve this? You should go, government should solve this. And if you feel that there's a problem or an inequity or injustice, you should look to the government to solve the problems. And so government is the solution to every question or every problem. And is it shocking that when these people grow up, they go and they become part of this and they say, well, we need more government to fix whatever the problem is, not realizing that government is the freaking problem.
1: Sometimes. Yeah, right. I mean, sometimes. I mean, there's not all government's a problem, Mike. I mean, I'll be fair about it. I mean, look, things like um, having police, right? When you get bad guys, you're going to want police that are going to go out and do that that dirty work. Firefighters, got it. Um, Military, other foreign nations to protect us and make sure we're strong enough to not be invaded, et cetera. Got it. There are some functions that government does that we have agreed are okay. And collectively we're, we're going to pay for it. Right. And that's, that's, that's fine. But (laughs) government a long time ago, my friend, expanded way beyond what I think the founders of this nation and individual states ever dreamed could possibly happen. Government is cradle to grave. It is invasive in every part of our life. It has gone wildly expensive spending money we don't have. Right. And I don't, An end in sight to that when you're 31 trillion plus in debt and counting and counting quickly when we give away hundreds of billions of dollars every year to other nations when we can't even afford what's happening in our own
4: well and and let me make let me make this point now that you've brought that up because that's always it's you're right some of the basic functions of government include public safety and defense uh, but we can look at the problems with police departments. We can look at the problems with, you know, policing and the, uh, you know, the the abuse of civil rights, the fact that people turn a blind eye, that good cops allow bad cops to continue. That's a continual problem, the abuse of authority there. Firefighters, we could talk about the, you know, exorbitant benefits and things like that, things that they that they want. And, uh, I mean, I dealt with a firefighter committee in Fairbanks that was a. There's some problems there, and then of course defense. All we have to talk about is the $600 hammer and the $1,000 toilet seat, to know that defense, while it, extremely important to the country and to the citizenry, is obviously also rife for abuse. This is the problem. We keep looking to these things and say we need them, but we can't fix them. We don't want, or I guess the answer in the police say, well, let's just defund them. That's not the answer either. The the answer so is, the
1: funding isn't isn't about it's yeah that's not about the cost of it. The, the funding is about the social justice. That exactly,
4: exactly. So, cost or I whatever. mean, the problem is is that government is fundamentally broken in so many ways, and yet it has gained its own inertia, and we can't really. We're trying to put the brakes on it. We're trying to fix it. Uh, but it is a monumental task in so many ways and it's exacerbated by the fact that we keep sending our kids back to school and they keep coming back out parroting the answer that government is the answer that's So let me ask a question
1: guy. Mike is it is it really the government that's bad or is it the people in the government that's bad?
4: Well, government is it, government right. is made up of people, right? That's always that's always been the argument that always killed me. Is that you know people are you know people are bad and they really can't take care of themselves. So what we need to do is create a government. To, but government's made up of people. Well, yes, but the right kind of people. You know, we need yeah, to, the right kind know. of people. Don't necessarily percolate there. My point of saying that.
1: You remember one of our founding fathers said something to the effect of and i believe it was george washington don't quote me if i'm wrong somebody will of course say it in the chat room but um, i believe it was george washington that said that this experiment only works with a moral and just people and that's not the exact quote i'm paraphrasing what i remember of it but mike if you don't have a moral and just people anymore if you have a culture that is rapidly devolving which ours is What do you think is going to happen with those very people that go into government? What do you think is going to happen with the shootings that are taking place? We talk about this all the time. That is just a one small microcosm of it, but it does show the bigger picture. We all grew up, most of the people in this chat room on your program, a time when pickup trucks could have a rifle or shotgun in the school parking lot all day. Nobody stole the gun. Nobody took the gun. Nobody did anything bad with the gun. We used to march through school with our rifles that were functional rifles to go to the shooting range that was in the high school. Never once did we have a shooting. I don't even remember that back in the 80s growing up. It's not the weapons, Mike. It's not the government. It's not the structure. It's the people in the devolving culture. And those people go from the education system, a devolving culture, into government. And you think this is a surprise that we have an unethical and immoral government, people doing illegal stuff all over the place, things you're talking about? Of course. But it goes back to those founding principles. If you don't have a a just and moral culture, you're going to get. A government that is not just and moral, brother, and look where we are today. What you're talking about is much more base to me than you know just some bad people. It's a much bigger problem. I don't know what else to say. To that. Yeah,
4: no, I, uh, I, 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 uh, I, I agree. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. Um, I, I don't. I just. I don't know what to say. It was John uh, Adams, by the way um all right Um, uh it's it's me it was it's fine i'm not it wasn't criticizing make a good
1: point and if i get the wrong one they're just going to say oh then they're going to focus on that as opposed to the the concept
4: behind it no no that was that was me not them that was me saying it just (laughs) not just so that you know i wasn't criticizing you because you're right it was john adams that he said our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other and it's the truth. If we have no morals, I'm
1: happy that without a full cup of coffee, I remembered the concept behind it, if not the exact. Quote exactly. You said it, it hey, happened.
4: We got to paraphrase it in today's vernacular. Well, that's
1: the government uh, schooling, right here, pal. At least yeah. I remembered the basics.
4: Exactly. Uh, Mike Shower is our guest. Uh, we're up against the break, um, and we're going to talk about the governor uh, in the next segment and his new proposal and. Um, why we may be, uh, again, not surprised, but more disappointed than we should be. Uh, we're going to be back. Uh, the Michael Luke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. State Senator Mike Schauer is our guest. Back with more. Right after this.
0: If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
4: Okay, Mike Shower, our guest in the program this morning. Welcome to NPR. Just just purposely
1: pulling yourself down back (laughs) off the ledge. Is that what you're doing? (laughs)
4: Just... Oh, God, man, I just tell you, you know, I, I just look at this and sometimes I just wonder, well, I mean, it's it's kind of that idea of I, I want to keep fighting on these issues. But it's like, for example, with the issue, you know, you got to pick your battles. And then the issue with education is why would you leave your kids in school while you're fighting out the battles of what's going on in school? You know, you're 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 it's it's a battlefield, right? I mean, this is what I'm trying to tell people. Well, my kids are in school and they're seeing all this stuff and I need to make a change and I need to do all this stuff. Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to pull your kids out of school while you fight this battle. Because, again, it's like you're you know, you plonk them right down in the middle of the no man's land uh, with the Germans on one side and the French on the other. What do you think is going to happen to them? They're going to get riddled full of bullets proverbial bullets you might just pull them out and then you can fight this battle or not i mean you could pull them out and just stop fighting the battle and let and and, you know if if 40 or 50 percent of the parents just decided that their children were more important than the government run babysitting system that maybe there would be some fundamental changes out there i'm just saying i'm just you know i'm just just saying
1: you're not wrong, Mike. I mean, you're right about the numbers. I mean, it wouldn't—I don't even think it'd take that much to force the the NEA and the and the school industry to have to make significant changes, right? I mean, what what is it always? No bucks, no buck Rogers, right? What happens to companies when they go woke, right? Look at Budweiser—six billion plus in profit, I think—and and share uh, share costs they've lost in the last you know few weeks since their little you know hiccup, so called. screw over the very people you know the the rednecks that are nfl and nascar you know to just basically poke at those guys and go haha we're gonna do this and you know if that person that pr lady whatever that was doing that still has her job they're freaking idiots lose six billion dollars of shareholder stuff because of your little woke idea i mean I, i gotta think the shareholders and the board are going see ya you know if not you've lost your minds too but my point is is that you funding matters right and it it wouldn't take 40 or 50 percent of kids leaving the school to have that impact it would be significant at probably 10 or 15 percent really i mean to do that and michelle was making the point as we're talking this morning you know as the music was playing is that not every parent can do it i get it there are single parents there are those that are struggling that don't have the option there are parents that don't have the temperament for it and it probably wouldn't be great then i'm not I, it's a, that's a tough problem for some people. I get it. Some, you know, if you have two parent families, Michelle did it, you know, and we sucked up the loss of income because the kids were more important. And so, you know, and there are probably some parents, I mean, that just, yeah, well, they'll survive. You know, I did. Right. So the, Oh, they'll survive. They'll be fine. Well, again, Mike, go back to when we were growing up probably the average age in the program, it wasn't the same as it is today. It's right. changed. It's, no. different battle, so.
4: it's fundamentally, it definitely is fundamentally changed. <laughs> Boy. Do you ever get tired of being wrong, Harold? The schools are not that bad. He says, get your head out of the sewers. Um, well, I mean, by every by every metric available, the schools are that bad. When you're 48th and 49th and 50th in every scholastic achievement, and instead of learning, reading, writing, and arithmetic, and basically the love of learning, you're being indoctrinated on sexual orientation and gender stuff and CRT and all the other bullshit stuff that's going on out there um yeah they are that bad i mean i i I mean i don't know how you like being wrong so much but yeah it is that bad it is that bad my friends uh and again and and
1: mike just to, to make a point to that if if somebody like him was saying that you know hey some individual schools are better than others that's true there are some schools and some school districts that are performing at a better level. We can continue on the radio program. I'll just wait because that's the ding.
4: That's the ding. I always move it a little bit ahead Here, for former. you. Well, I always move it a little bit ahead for you because I know you don't necessarily slow down. So I had an well, extra You're
1: talking t- more than me today. Yeah, Come I'm, on. That's not fair.
4: No, nah, it's, hey, it's whose name is on the show, baby? That's all I'm saying. Uh, hey, uh, uh, my name is Michael, too. Oh. <laughs> hold the line hold the line the michael duke show common sense radio here we go no we still had time sorry here we go
0: the michael duke show not your daddy wait sorry not your daddy Ooh. not your daddy's talk radio huh. Whew. i was scared for a second thought we were going down here's michael dukes
4: and the show But I am your daddy. I am the daddy of common sense. That's what it is. Who's, who's, a, who's a pretty little common sense? Oh, you are. That's right. Daddy loves you. All right. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense. Dude, what a weird show today, man. I'm telling you. Mike Showers, our guest uh, here on the program. Um and we're talking about, we've still been talking about education. You were making a point before I so rudely interrupted you with returning to the show. I hit you with the ding. I hit it you with a says names on the program, I go, well, mine. Yeah, I know. It's exactly. Uh, so you were making a point about public schools because somebody in the chat room made the inane comment that, well, schools aren't that bad. Uh, okay. Some of them are. Um, some so far, of them are. Right? I mean, and that's
1: what. I'm trying to be fair because there are some schools in the state that are performing reasonably well. There are that are not bottom. But, you know, as when you have to look at the whole picture, because we have to consider the whole picture, right? I can't just go, well, those two schools are great. The rest of them are terrible. But hey, so it's fine. Just throw more money at it. Well, that's not a good answer for what we're looking at. Right. Because I'm not dealing with one school district. I'm dealing with 54. And so if you have an aggregate school system where you have absolutely failing schools in some places, you know, then they don't have, we don't have any metrics at all tied to the performance of throwing that money, which is where we are today. And you have such a poor performing system in the whole. I mean, I mean, the whole thing, like not whole, like a, you know, hole in one for golf. I mean, as the whole concept behind it. And then they want to throw another quarter of a billion dollars at it with no metrics, nothing tied to say that's going to go to the classroom. You know, if you had an amendment, Mike, that said, Hey, that amendment, we're going to go back to 70, 30. So this quarter billion or whatever the BSA increase would come out of this whole thing. 70% of it is mandated. Must go to the classroom and they got to show us via audit that that's going to be the case. I would be more inclined to look at okay, well let's give it a shot and see what happens. I'm not saying I would. I'm just being more inclined to consider it. Right now the answer is that yeah, take that 257 million dollars, quarter of a billion and just throw it at the same system. No no accountability, no metrics, no no reporting back to the legislature to tell us how that's going to work. Same system that gave a 4% overall raise to teachers in the last 20 years, while well, we increased funding by a third because they continue to propagate the lie. What's well, been flat funding? No, it hasn't, Mike. We've increased spending by a third in the last two decades for bottom performance. Right. So don't tell me it's going fine because the reality is it's not. There's reasons for that. It's not equal. Not, it's not apples to apples. Some are doing better than others. That's absolutely true. But what I have to look at is we're the ones being asked to fund it, and I'm being asked to fund it with more money with no accountability to how we're going to get there to those metrics they talk about for these great performing schools. You don't do that, Mike. That is not wise. That is not prudent. That is not reasonable for me as a legislator to just throw throw more money at the problem without knowing how that money is going to be spent, without knowing that it's going to be spent well or we're going to have some payback for that. So don't ask me to do that because that's not a reasonable position for me to take. It's not a reasonable position for any legislator to take right now. Those that are pushing for this, Mike, they would have I've heard one of them sit on the Senate floor and have a. that's a thinly veiled threat for cuts. Um, <laughs> when you say accountability, where did I say the word cut? I said, I want to know if I'm going to vote for more money to be spent on the same system. You show me how that's going to improve the scores, improve the outcomes of our kids. Well, there's silence to that, Mike, because they have nothing. They just want to throw money at it for that constituency, that constituency being the teachers and the teachers' unions and the power they hold and those lobbyists that can come in and then basically throw a ton of money at a campaign. There's one down the Kenai Peninsula. I think that the, the NEA threw something like $60,000 in the last three weeks. Tell me that doesn't throw a campaign. Don't tell me that they don't have power getting involved in this, and then that the one that won that election is a teacher involved in the NEA. Oh, that's a surprise. The point being, Mike, is that there's massive power and money behind this. This isn't tied to performance. This isn't tied to them having to come back with accountability and tell us how they're doing. It's like, just give us more money.
4: Right. No. And that's, that's not a
1: good answer for a legislator. That's not a good way to govern.
4: 35, to 35% increase in uh, educational funding in the last 19, 18 years. And yet they tell us, well, no, there's, there hasn't been an increase. There hasn't. You haven't done enough. And if only we had more money, we could make it work. Even though we've seen as we've continued to fund education at a higher rate, the aptitude and the achievement continues to go down.
1: Well, if you don't tie accountability to the money, Mike, if you don't um, tie performance metrics that they have to do better with that money, why do they? They don't have to. There's nothing making them do it. And I'm not necessarily because this always goes. it's always the answer, right? It's always emotional. Oh, it's for the children. You hate the children or it's all about the teachers. This isn't really about them, Mike. They're tied inside the system. I mean, let's let's be honest for a second. Many of them are behind everything that's happening because they want more benefits and money. I mean, who doesn't? Right. But where does this really fall under? If the NEA really supposedly cared about its teachers, then explain to me why it continues to ask for more money, but it's only agreed to what is essentially a four percent pay raise for those teachers during the last twenty years when we increased funding by a third. Shouldn't the teachers have gotten about a third of a pay raise, you know, a thirty-ish percent pay raise? Didn't happen. Oh wait a minute, but I thought the NEA has the best interest of the teachers at heart. Hmm. Well, who gets more money into their coffers when the teachers get the system gets more money? oh the nea does so do other unions mike's not just an nea problem that's a union problem i see that in the own union i'm a part of right they want higher pay because if you get higher pay there then guess what then they get more money in their coffers funny how it always seems to go back to money Yep. the Uh, point is mike is it's not about right now it's not about metrics or performance or really for the children this is about just pushing more money into the system to um make a constituency happy um and show that oh we care by just spending more money i don't agree with that approach mike i gotta yeah. i have to for me to vote for this for me to see any kind of increase in funding i need to see the metrics i, I asked a superintendent uh, what's the best answer one that's been you know giving us a lot of data and that superintendent said we have to go back to the 70 30 rule we have to go back to 70% 40, of the BSA, 70% of our funding goes to the teachers, the kids in the classroom and yep. not to all the other stuff and shrink down this, this massive growth. And the support side of building of, of, infrastructure and buildings and all the support and all the other stuff that's, that's grown by leaps and bounds while the kids in the classroom, the teachers are, or in essence are being kind of left behind.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Schauer is our guest uh, here on the program this morning Uh, Let's talk a little bit here about where things are going It was announced yesterday that the governor Apparently, antithetically to uh, his promises Where he was not going to put a tax bill out Without an advisory vote of the people Is now saying he's going to put his own sales tax bill I mean, there's already a sales tax bill out So I'm not sure exactly why he would produce another sales tax bill We still don't know Uh, because he refuses to communicate with the public uh, or the legislature in public. Apparently, he's been having some private meetings, but we just don't know why. But he's going to produce another sales tax, again, completely ignoring the fact that he said he wanted any tax, had to have an advisory vote. Um, And uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, there's definitely meetings taking place, Mike. You're hearing about them all over the place right now. So. I will say one positive that is at least the governor and, and the legislature are communicating back and forth. Um that hasn't necessarily happened in the past, depending on who's been in, in what seats in the legislature. So that's a positive move that at least they're talking. Um, you know, hopefully good things come out of that, not bad things. But the point is I'm gonna, you know, I'll be a fair um uh, crit- fair criticism. Like you know me, I'm an equal opportunity offender, as I call myself. So, but that is a good step that they're at least talking, right? So that's it. But Um, I will also say this, uh, the governor has been clear so far to my conversations with him and to what I have seen, that he is proposing, this is my understanding of it, so I can't, don't hold, God. people always hold you accountable for what you say, but um, especially in this place, right, because I forgot my welcome to all those staffers that have to listen, (laughs) you know, a good hearty welcome to those this morning for those that have to listen and uh, take every word I say so it can, can and will be used against me in the court of the caucus, but hey, whatever, we'll move on past that point. Um, you, The governor has said very clearly that um, he was not going to pass anything or he would use his veto pen if he didn't have the whole comprehensive fiscal package. So I don't know if that's because there's been a couple tax things that have been proposed, uh, like sales tax and others. I know I think the Ways and Means Committee in the House has put one forward. Um, the governor may be looking at that as part of the package because you have to have the constitutional protection of the PFD. You have to have the constitutional change in the current spending cap, and then there was some kind of broad-based tax taxes. I will say because I know they've talked about S corp taxes, change in the per barrel credit, a sales tax. There's still people that want an income tax. And I go back to him like I said, other than maybe a sunset commission or something part of the fiscal policy group said we have to have reductions to spending too. I don't see that in the in the package so far anywhere, but um so this may be this may be him doing a piece of that package because he doesn't see it or wants it to be different than what's been suggested by the legislature but i'm only throwing that out because i think the governor is still to my knowledge um is just looking at it as one piece of it but has said that if it's just that's you know if it's only taxes he's going to veto it if it's just one part of it he's going to veto it it needs to be the whole thing and there's legislators and people in leadership in both bodies primarily the senate that are still just pushing one or two things, then the governor said he's not gonna let that go. So I'm gonna try to be completely fair about this. And unless, you know, I mean, if a tax passed and Mike, you know, the governor was to sign that one thing by itself with no contingent language for anything else, then yeah, I'm gonna be disappointed too. Well, That's not the fiscal policy, but I don't think that's what's going on here. My disappointment,
4: Mike, is not in necessarily in the fact that there's a discussion on tax um, although, uh, because again, it, it uh, part of a whole fiscal plan, I can see that as being a component of it. My disappointment is the fact that the governor was very adamant and very, uh, very clear and has been for even before reelection that any tax should go before a vote of the people as an advisory. And
1: well, there's no, there's no discussion on that.
4: that. I'm sorry.
1: I mean, if if I haven't seen his bill yet, if if his bill have may have that language in it, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I don't know.
4: Well, no, nobody's seen it, but it's he. According to multiple sources, he said nothing about an an advisory uh, from the people, and it was very evident that he didn't include that caveat in the discussions yesterday. That's again, maybe maybe he still intends to, maybe. But again, this is my criticism of the governor: is that he is not communicating with the public. It, uh, great. He's now talking to the legislature. This governor has had one major failing, in my opinion, and that is he does really well when he's communicated with the public. And he's done that several times and, and garnered a lot of support from it. And then he just clams up and you don't hear from him for months. Months the public doesn't hear from him. Uh, you know, he should be out there assailing the airwaves hitting facebook social media doing his little roundtable things that he did for a while that he's not doing anymore why are you not telling the public what's why are you not using those you've got the bully pulpit why aren't you beating the drum on this stuff why aren't you directing the legislature and telling them if you don't if you do this i'm gonna drop the hammer on it don't you know don't don't do that why is he not utilizing these communications channels that he has available to him? And again, he doesn't have to go through the mainstream media who are not friendly to him. He could go, again, social media and do his own Facebook lives and YouTube lives and everything. You got a smartphone, you can do it. Why is he not doing that?
1: Well, good question. I don't know. I'm not the governor. And I guess I, you know, next time I talk to him, Mike, and see him, I'll ask that question. I'll say, hey, Mike, you know, some people are asking, for you to get back out and, and you know, be more active on in the, in the public airwaves. Maybe he will. I mean, I, maybe nobody's asked him. I, I don't know. I, I This is like asking the unknowable, right? I have,
4: I have asked him. I'll just let you know. I tried to get him on the program consistently for over three months. I've given up. I haven't tried to get him on the program in the last eight, nine months. But for three consistent months, I tried to get him on the program, uh, and he has not come on. And this is after he said, Oh, I'd I'd love to come on the program every six, eight weeks and talk about what's going on. I haven't heard from him in over a year. It's been almost a year and a half, I think since I've had him on the program. Hmm.
1: I don't know Well, you know, but the next time I say Mike, I'll I'll provide that feedback. I'll tell him that, you know, maybe, maybe he needs to hear that from a few people and, you know, get back out there and do that. I I don't know why, if they have a strategy behind it, I, I have no idea. So I don't want to comment because I don't want to you know, step on something that, you know, they're doing something different. I just don't know. I I have no idea. I'm able to meet with him every so often and talk about what's going on with the issues. And, you know, he is still talking to the Senate minority, all three of us. So at least there's that. We have something. And I will give him credit that he has invited us to some of the big meetings with the Senate leadership that I think would exclude us at all costs. But um, he's not excluding the three conservative members of the senate at least um so from our perspective at least we're being included somewhat so i'm happy about that because otherwise we could easily be just shoved to the side completely and utterly but uh, it's good feedback mike i'll pass it to him next time i see him i I don't i don't know i don't know if they have a strategy or maybe they're trying to keep things quiet behind closed doors until they have a better read on it i honestly don't know because the with the legislature the way it is it's hard to tell with the two bodies because you know which way is this going to go because you still have a significant split between the house and the senate and i honestly don't know how this is going to play out because the house just passed the budget and now the senate has it and you know how that goes and blah 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 so
4: lots of moving pieces my friend i don't know all right uh break time uh we're up against it we're going to continue here in a minute mike showers our guest the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio we continue with more right after these messages don't go anywhere
0: Listened to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're going to be best. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. That still
1: cracks me up every time I hear that Under your commercial. That's so funny because it's so true. So,
4: <laughs> Look, I don't know why the governor is being quiet. And I don't know. I don't mean to be hypercritical. I mean, I don't want to spoil the fact that maybe he won't want to come on because I'm too critical. But if he doesn't get up off his ass and actually start talking to people, it's going to be. I mean, otherwise, somebody just said in the chat room earlier, the government is done. Dunleavy is retired in office. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. I haven't heard the governor say I mean, he came out with the, the parental rights bill and then disappeared and now he's come back with this and disappeared i mean you you got to so, get the okay. you got to get the people involved in this guy you got to get again you've got the bully pulpit why are you not pounding on it all the time and telling alaskans what's going on why are you not telling the legislature if you do X, Y, and maybe he is behind closed doors, but I mean, they could put together a whole budget that he could just come down and just redline from one side to the other and say start again, or he could tell them ahead of time if you do that, I'm going to redline it, so don't even think about it. Uh, I mean, you know, and and maybe it would save a special session or something else, you know, out there. I don't know. It, it's I watch it from the outside and I'm just thinking that's not the way to that's not the way to do it.
1: Well, look, Mike, I'll tell you this. I will your points are well taken that um mike should get back out in the public eye more and use the bully pulpit i i believe in that i think that's important you know that's why i'm still taking grief inside the building probably taking hits and being a minority because i'm on the radio and social media and being very open and transparent and they don't like that they don't want the spotlight shown into the activities down here they want to have the party they've had for decades where they can be down here and do whatever they want and the Press pretty much only tells you what they want, you know, what they want said. But um, I will tell you at the same time, like I said, to be to be fair in that, they may have a strap. I'm not going to comment on why Mike's. I have no idea. They may be doing it to work quietly behind closed doors or something first and see where it goes before they come out in public. I don't know. But I will say this that Mike has been very engaged with the legislature more than I saw in the previous four years, but that previous four years was really wonky with some of the personalities in the Senate and the House and the House that was just, you know, dominated by far leftists, you know, and it was, uh, you know, recall all kinds of other garbage going on. But he has been very active with the legislature so far this year. And um, maybe part of their strategies is just taking a different approach, um, trying to work inside the legislature this time and see how it goes with a different body. I mean, Mike, almost half of the House is brand new. Yep. Almost half you know and there's a fair amount of new senators as well so maybe they're just looking at a different battle strategy like i said i'm commenting on something i don't know so i, I don't want to go far down that path and and criticize and i don't know what they're up to or, or the why um, but i can comment very directly on the fact that the governor has been very active in the legislative building walking around and having meetings and talking to people and that's a positive that's a plus He may not be as loud in the public that everybody wants to see or they're certainly radio hosts because you like to get them on and all that but Um, I have seen a lot more activity from them inside the legislative building. And that is, of course, where the bills are going to pass and the budget, et cetera. So that's an important use of time um, to engage actively with the legislature. Do they need to engage the public and use that? Sure, they do. Um, And I agree with that, but they may have a reason why they're not. So I'll I'll just leave that off to the side for now and see what happens over the next few weeks. And maybe, you know, maybe if things fall apart, he'll get more loud or something, you know, if it's not going how he prefers. I don't know.
4: So. Jennifer says, "I think it's a fair strategy. Uh, strategy, if it is a strategy, and yeah, I, I yeah, would agree I with I that. Really just, I would agree. I'm just kind of commenting
1: yeah. into the wind here. I honestly don't know. So.
4: No, I mean, you know, again, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, the next segment we're going to give to Mike to talk about whatever he wants to talk about because I bogarted the first part oh. of the show. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all." I mean we could continue to talk about education if you want cuz I think at this point I'm I'm done playing nice with people who continue to just I don't know I can't do what I got to do 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 you love your children shut your pie hole and fix it that's <laughs> sorry I'm a little I'm a little out of patience for that stuff right now I am not going to be a popular guy by the end of this show so which again no big deal but uh <clears throat> stop sacrifice Mike, got a lot of
1: fr- Michelle and I we got a lot of friends that are teachers there are pe- there are plenty of great teachers that are good people this I, I go back this isn't really about the teachers per se this is about the system no it's I about mean, the national stuff it's about the culture it's about bowing to you know the diversity equity inclusion oh come stuff, on let, let me be clear
4: let me be clear here shower I am not criticizing the teachers as in, in general. Dudes. I I <laughs> I'm just, I am not, I'm not criticizing the teachers in general. You are a hundred percent right. It is the system that is fundamentally broken. There are great teachers in there. I'm sure there's great administrators in there who have the children's you best. See, this is what happens.
1: Our... I have to say that because if I don't, somebody will take that clip and they'll go out there and say, Oh, a shower hates the teachers and he hates the children. That's what yeah. they'll do. Yeah,
4: of course they will. Of course really? they will. Cause it's easy. That's easy. That's the easy straw man argument. You
1: kill the messenger. You don't have to kill the message, Mike. You kill the messenger.
4: Unless they're bulletproof and shoot back. Uh, All right. Um, We're going to jump back into it here. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty Base. Free thinking radio. Like and share. Like and share. Like and follow. Subscribe and ring the bell. Okay, uh, one final segment of the program this morning. State Senator Mike Shower is our guest, and we are continuing with him. I kind of bogarted a whole bunch of the show at the very beginning of the hour because I was still kind of wrapped up. I'm it's your program. I'm now. I'm now a little calmer. I'm. I'm I. It. Yes. So I want to give Mike the opportunity to break into anything else that he might have wanted to talk about or expected me to bring up in the beginning of the show uh, and give him the floor for the final segment here, the final eight, nine minutes of the program. So, Mike, uh, how's that, uh, how things going? with well, the election integrity bill, somebody asked in the chat room what's going on, what's happening with the, the judicial stuff, uh, you know, I just... Free Rome, my friend. Free Rome.
1: Well, that's two important things that I've been working on that that very few others have. Um, so I will give a quick update on that. One, the judicial bill is of course dead in the Senate. Uh, Clayman chairs judiciary, and he'll never hear the, hear the bill. And of course they gave it like, you know, 15 hearing, you know, 15 committees to make sure it doesn't go anywhere. Um, I think it has like three or four, but it will it will never move in the Senate. I already know that. I got my one courtesy hearing, it's done. Um, I do have a House representative that's moving it. It might have some you know, ability to move through the House, but it will never move through the Senate. I will tell you this, and I will announce this publicly now, Mike. I said this a couple days ago and to somebody else. I'm going to pivot to an initiative, I think. I'm going to look at uh, starting a citizens initiative, and we're going to go um, down the path of using the legislature that is the citizenry. I think that's going to be the only option we have available to us. So um, uh, stand by for more on that as you work down that path. Uh, the, uh, cause it's not going to happen in the legislature. It's too controlled and it's too tight at the hip of the judicial branch. and folks right. that, Um, you know, maybe want to be a judge someday. Right? right. Right. So, um, there's that the election bill, I will say is the one thing that actually has some potential, a bipartisan bill, not unlike what representative Tuck and I did last year, almost got it to the finish line. Um, and Senator Kawasaki is actually working with me pretty closely and uh he started off with that bill and he does seem interested in wanting to move it and he's got the ability to hopefully get it through the coalition this time in the senate there are concurrent bills moving through the house that are the exact same bill i had before and there's a number of house members that are working on it and i'm talking to them so if uh, senator kawasaki can get a committee substitute of that bipartisan bill that we can all agree to that kind of gets all it doesn't have everything the left wants it doesn't have everything we want on the right side of the spectrum mike but it's got all those it's got many important things that everybody can agree to how to clean up the voter rolls cybersecurity, ballot tracking um, those kinds of things um, that are core tenants that we still need if we can move that through the senate which i think we can um, then that will go to the house work with the house members and, and have that bipartisan bill that cleans up some things in the middle that everybody can agree on that will help um, then that's the best we're going to do with the the makeup of the body. But I actually see a path forward for that actually moving and getting that done. And I've worked closely with the Lieutenant governor on, on the different issues, like I've said before. So there's actually a lot of movement on the election side of stuff, trying to clean things up as best we can, based on the, the diverse makeup of the body from left to right. That's a positive, um and then of course you know the budget stuff which i've virtually given up on the budget I mean, you know we're going to you know put our amendments in on the floor because that's the only voice we have since the coalition took away the voice of our constituents by shoving us into a minority giving us no minority status no anything so we'll, we'll fight the battle on the floor but you know the house passed its budget over i wish they would have held on to it a little longer i think that's leverage against the old guard that knows how to play the game in the senate um but you know as I predicted before, Mike, the PFD will be small. Um, there's, I don't see votes for a big one. We'll see what happens. It's likely to stay small or get smaller. Um, there, It came across with, I so, think, about a $600 million deficit.
4: Uh, let me just it's clarify small. real quick. You said small. So the 2700 is the one that the House put out. You're Correct. expecting it to drop down to the 1300 that the Senate we'll is?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, Mike, it's going to go to a conference committee. That conference committee is going to be weighted with the people that don't like the PFD. Um, the people that, um, control finance are going to control that conference committee, same old people, same old players, and, uh, they're generally against the dividends. So what do you think is going to come out of the conference committee? You know, and then, then you get to get to, is anybody going to be willing to vote no on that to, to hold the, the leverage of shut it all down. until we have that battle again. Um, so the house passed a 50, 50, basically that's at 2,700 ish, the Senate, uh, the ones in charge are, they want less. So we'll see where it goes, but that's. But I told you, predicting at the end of the thing, I said 1, thousand thirteen hundred. You know, at the beginning of the session, that's the direction it's probably going to go because you're going to have to get a CBR vote because they're not going to take it from the ERA. That's where it should come from by law and by statute. That's not what they're going to do. They're going to tie it to a CBR vote and make it painful. They always do this stuff, Mike's how they play the game. So, you know, the budget is underfunded right now, um, and that's without a BSA <laughs> increase. That's without defined benefits added to it. As I told you a week or two ago, I said several weeks ago, that's billions, you know, a billion plus of extra spending where we can end up with this. So I don't know, Mike, like I said, I've kind of given up on the budget um, in the sense of until we get a comprehensive fiscal plan that has that spending cap attached to it that limits this moving forward, um, I don't know how you solve this problem. We just continue to fight about it every year. It's arbitrary. What do you say, you know? Um and, and people ask about the tax, too, with that. I mean, look, I have said very clearly, if you throw a tax in front of me, I'm not voting for it. I'll never vote for a tax unless and only if it is a tied to and contingent upon everything else passing. The constitutionality of the, uh, the permanent fund dividend and protecting it, that spending cap that we currently have changed. And I see it all balanced out with whatever else would be a part of it. If I see that whole package and it has a tax in it. I might vote for that if it's going to take this stuff off the table and we quit fighting about it. That's the only way I'm voting for any kind of tax, whatever it is. I'll tell you right now, I'm never voting for an income tax. I just I don't agree with that. And I don't think it's got support to pass. And the governor said he'd veto it. So it's a waste of time anyways, even right. if for those that support it. So if I see a tax, Mike, that's tied to the comprehensive plan, I'll consider it. If I see a tax by itself standalone, I'll never vote for it. I haven't voted for a single tax, and never will. Um, because I don't want to see a tax, and we can right now, Mike. The focus of this legislature, like I said, is tax and spend. Spend money, and then find the taxes to pay for more spending. No conversation about cutting or reducing services or reducing the cost of government at all. So why am I going to vote for a tax when there's no accountability to the same money? I would yeah. say that for any other program, just like education. Yeah. No, absolutely not. We are we are prioritizing the public sector and government over the private sector. And everybody always talks about, we got to diversify the economy. We've got to grow the economy. Well, I got news for you, partner. You keep taking money out of the economy, via taxes to pay for ever growing government. You keep hammering the oil industry. The one thing that's been kind of you know growing the state and you put all your focus into the public sector and taking from the public sector or taking from the private sector for public, how are you going to grow the economy? Who's going to want to come to this state and do business? So, Mike, the, the the equation doesn't work, that the thought process that they're doing this doesn't work. They're going to turn this place into a big national park where the only people who are going to have jobs are going to be federal and state employees. That's yeah. it.
4: And the service so industries and the that. service. Yeah. And the businesses that service those those folks, that'll be it. Um, quick question. How many how many special sessions do you think we're going to have this year?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I have heard somebody mention a day or two ago in a meeting. That you know they were, and I think it was a joke. Like, hey, maybe we'll have one in October, so it's after hunting season but before the holidays. You know, and they can't. Play, I don't know, Mike. I, yeah. Okay. I don't think there's great interest in special sessions. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, just I don't have know. no idea. All right. So
4: final. Final question. Uh, your thoughts on uh, your thoughts on bacon tacos? I just got to know. I mean, tacos. Wait, wait. Wait.
1: Say that again. Did you say bacon?
4: Bacon tacos. Uh, tacos Ooh. made with bacon as the shell. Eggs is the guts with cheese and tomatoes. Um, you know, you weave the bacon, you get one of those special wavy taco holders and you cook them in the shape of tacos. And then you, your thoughts. I've never
1: heard of such a thing. You what? It sounds like a little slice of utopia.
4: Yeah. You, you just weave the bacon together into a little mat and then you put it on one of those little meadow taco holders and you stuff it down in and clip the tops and then you bake it. And it becomes little hard shell bacon taco shells. And you stuff it My, with cheese. I mean,
1: how utterly impossible is it to say that anything made with bacon can be bad? No. That's I mean
4: I, I just I just gotta I just I just gotta say. I just gotta say. Uh all right. Well, I just I wanted to try and end on a high note. Now I'm hungry. Eat it on bacon, that's as you can get. You right? can't get much higher than bacon. Uh bacon tacos, making bacon tacos. That's what we're doing. Uh, All right. Uh, Thank you, Mike Shower, for coming on board. Folks, we're out of time tomorrow. Based on today's show, I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. I'll be honest. Uh, But we got to go. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. The Michael Duke Show. Yeah. So I saw this recipe a few years ago and I've tried it a couple of times. You you basically weave strips of bacon together into like this little rectangular sheet and you buy, if you ever bought those metal taco holders, you know, that hold tacos on a plate, which I have, I I have a couple of them and that you just, you lay it, you press it down into the grooves, into the valleys, and then you cut right across the top of the peaks and then you cook it and it turns into this little hard bacon taco shell and then she, i could see michelle's thinking over the other she side just her
1: head like oh, oh come on and then you, you yeah, yeah.
4: Good. oh no and then you get like chorizo and scrambled eggs and tomatoes and cheese and you top it off with a dollop of sour cream and you've got bacon tacos it's amazing
1: And then when you're done eating that you go online and make an appointment with your cardiologist for blood work
4: hey you know what i'm not here for a long time i'm here for a good time that's all that's all <laughs> i'm saying uh been a couple of comments in the chat room is bjorkman senator bjorkman working with you on this election bill
1: uh no he's uh he's never he was at one meeting with willikowski kawasaki and i where we were all in there talking about big stuff but he's never talked to me about it
4: okay somebody said apparently he's been saying yes he's all on board with you on that okay <clears throat> well i
1: don't know. You'd have to come talk to me about it to say that. I've, he's never stopped by. We've never had a conversation about
4: it. So, mm, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Jennifer says use lettuce as a wrap and put your bacon in it. So much easier. Yeah, but then you got lettuce in your wrap. I mean, who needs that? I mean, It's, totally. it's a green vegetable. Why would you? I love lettuce, by the way, but yeah. No, well, I would just put lettuce on top of my bacon taco and that would be that would be fine. All right, Senator Shower. Um, Final thoughts, my friend. I, I got nothing for them. I'm like, I feel spent at this point. I'm just so agitated by this whole thing.
1: I I, I don't know, Mike. We'll see in the next month, you know, what happens. But don't expect great things out of it. Keep our fingers crossed. The governor will hold the line on individual things and kill them with the veto. And, you know, maybe the best thing at the end of the day is we don't really do much of anything. Sometimes yeah. the best answer is nothing. From a governor, well,
4: so. I mean, that you, you might not be. You, yeah. Sometimes that's it. Sometimes the doing nothing is the, uh, is the, is the thing. So, uh, Randy, I don't know how you could be more wrong. He says, I don't want a bacon taco nor a deep fried Oreo. Pff, I, why? Now
1: the deep fried Oreos, I might be with Randy on that
4: one, but oh, there's... dude, the
1: bacon taco. Oh, that's deep
4: fried Oreos though. They're good. They are good, man. They, I are, don't know. they are good there. I'm just going to say, for me on that one. um, all right well I guess we're done I got I got nothing else so I guess we're done. Thank you for coming on my friend. I appreciate you not sleeping in and uh hey. I'm a little on, I'm a little savage today I'm just saying today.
1: I got to take it down here and then you got to dish it out too. Seriously.
4: Come on, man. (laughs) Who's your daddy? Uh, All right. Uh, Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. As always, it's good to talk with you. Are we on for next week?
1: I believe so, but I may have to adjust some times with you. We'll talk about it early next week. We'll see what works.
4: Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Maybe. Maybe
1: Maybe possibly. Maybe possibly. Get back to you. I'll have your people call my people.
4: Yes, have your people call my. I don't have any people. See, now you're just ducking me. uh All right, uh thank you, my friend.
1: Well, that's what we do. We spend.
4: Give, uh, give Michelle my love and consternation for having to deal with you. Thank you. Oh, okay. See you guys. Man. <laughs> take care. Have a Bye-bye. great day. All right, folks, uh we are done for today. I just, I can't, I can't take more thanks for uh, being part of it the Michael Luke show common sense radio we'll see you tomorrow hug your kids will you today for me we'll see you